This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 56, Tournament Drafting. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Hunter, it's officially closed. the The submissions for, for oh, right, the, the tournament right. are over. Like we, right. we 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 are sending out messages this week to people to sign up for the tournament officially, based on if you have submitted, you know, mm-hmm. to the Patreon, Patreon, whatever. And, right? Yeah. Uh, the, like the, the, it's, polls it's go time, the, the polls, polls are closed. The polls baby. are closed. The polls are closed. So yeah, we, you we, you should have got your vote in today. <laughs> we we have. Uh, a lot of work ahead of us, but the the first step of that process is really just finalizing how many people are in this tournament and building a structure for the tournament based on that number, right? I mean, right, it's kind of right. hard to say what this is going to look like because it's it's this whole time has been dependent on uh, h- how many people are actually uh, around. Yeah, that math is going to be fun. Have fun doing that, Matt. That's yeah, going to be... Gonna, I'm going to probably just make a big point to like outsource that to some smarter math people right on the, right on the discord or something because uh, yeah i i certainly am not equipped to do that on my own but i don't know we we don't know what it's going to look like yet we're, we're kind of playing that part by ear but there are parts that we we definitely do know how they're going to work right we're like we, we've set a lot of rules in stone even already like through the podcast as we've talked these past few weeks right right we've been kind of nailing down different rulings and different i don't know approaches um so i i'm i'm getting pretty freaking excited to just start watching these games play out yeah i mean i think this is gonna be a really fun uh episode we're gonna cover um what kind of the ban and pick phase for the tournament is going to be how that's specifically gonna look like yeah it's it's election night in america which is where we live of course right and uh that's what we're gonna do today today's election day we're gonna we're gonna pick some factions to be in this game right uh, of of our tournament and so, yeah, and and at the end we're gonna have some uh, some predictions of like what we think we're gonna see as far as like factions uh, that are gonna make it into games very frequently, right? Um, and yeah, it's it's a really interesting spread. We've kind of uh, already theory crafted a little bit on how the the ban and pick phase is gonna play out in a lot of games, and we kind of ran some some mock ban and pick phases, right? Um, and yeah, it's really fun. I'm really, uh, I'm really excited. This is like kind of a poker ish episode. I feel yeah, like. like it's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's going to have flavors of that flagship episode too. There's not going to be rolling dice, but we're going to kind of just like go through some stuff and be a little bit anecdotal. Like what we're going to try to be informative, but there's going to be some just weird anecdotal stuff too. Uh, so hopefully there's plenty for everyone. Uh, I, I do want to say also that I'm I'm really excited because what I think we want to start getting into is we finalized what we want to want to do with the rules and so from there we can start to break down how you strategically play into those rules, right? Like before when it was kind of like figuring out exactly how do we want the ban and pick phase to work, that's one thing, figuring out like what is kind of maybe the most fun setup. But now we have a setup that we really like and we're we're going forward with that setup. And so then it becomes a conversation of like how do people manipulate that setup to to get the factions they want or whatever. And right. that's kind of what today's episode that's what the purpose is. Is right. to is to like sort of help you for i mean there's plenty of people who will kind of figure this out right away but there's there's a lot of people who maybe will have never played with this setup method and might not get a chance to get a game in before their first tournament game so they're going to be going into it blind so we wanted to give people kind of an idea of how things play out and a a little bit what to expect basically from this ban and pick phase yeah yeah um so uh, all of the all of the emails have been sent out correct but by this time like this, the- uh, so uh, speaking from the past and looking forward into the future, I'm going to say that yes, at, by by this point, I should have sent a <laughs> message out on Patreon, and I guess I'm making that commitment right now to, right. to do that. Uh, so yeah, messages should be sent out. You should check your Patreon uh, if you were a member of the Patreon, and uh, and and yeah, check those messages, and there will be a link to a Google document uh, form submission thing that you can fill out. That helps me organize people based on time zone. 
as well as availability, uh, like day of the week availability, and then we will just have to go from there in terms of how we schedule out oh these my games. God. It's, it's going to be a process, so everyone don't think that like the tournament starts in a couple days. If anything, like we're leaving a couple weeks open for people to, you know, get those messages responded to. Right, like it's going to be a week or so before I say, okay, completely closed. This is the exact number of people in the tournament. I want to give yeah. everyone a chance to definitely sign up. So. Uh, it, it may be a while before we actually start playing these games because there's a lot of work that has to go into it on the front end. But I'm so excited. Like, I'm yeah. really, really excited I'm getting to, start, uh, to start this tournament. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of... Uh, I, I think we're going to pop out of the tournament uh, tournament talk uh, every once in a while, week to week. But I would expect a lot of... And I mean, like, we've been talking about the tournament a lot like as of late anyways but i mean like we're we're gonna, really going to be ramping up to it and then once the tournament starts we're going to be talking about a lot of the play that we're seeing and yeah uh, just honestly fair warning there's like a decent chance that every episode while the tournament is going on is just about the games that happened you know that that previous weekend or whatever like the the idea is probably that hunter and i are um moderating a game every single weekend and the following episode will just kind of be a breakdown of the events of that game I, right I, I don't know if that will hold true completely or if that will just be a component of every episode but we expect to give you coverage of the games as they happen right right yeah i'm 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 super super stoked um so let's let's run through uh so w today we're going to be talking about the pregame, the the ban and pick phase that we have um, for selecting for race uh, for faction selection in the tournament, um, and Matt, do you want to help us like walk us through how does that that process right. uh, run out? Like how, it's how does that changed work? a couple times too? Yeah. So let's let's kind of put it on the books right now. This is the sequence of events that happens, and if you want to get in your practice games to learn this method yourself, here is the official Patreon tournament band pick selection method. First things first, everyone. Uh, th there will be a pre-made map. Hunter and I are making maps, and we will put them out there. We will have already pre-tried to balance them and everything. Um, probably every round will be a different map, but within each round, uh, we, we kind of expect to have everyone judged on the same map is, right. is sort of our goal. Uh, so, so there will be a pre-made map, and you can expect it to be decently balanced, or at the very least, you know, kind of what we talked about in our in our map building episode, which is like... If one person has more of one thing, they will have less of another thing. Um, so once you see the map, everyone can sit down and everyone will roll a die. And this die roll isn't a super important one. The important one will come later. But this die roll will just pick a quick little picking order. Uh, uh, everyone will then will shuffle up the factions and everyone will receive three factions in their hand. One person, of course, will only receive two in a six-player game. There's 17 factions, so one person only gets two. We'll call them Player uh, F. Player F gets two factions. Everyone else gets uh, three. Then everyone secretly bans one faction. We basically can go in order, but it doesn't really matter. We can all do it at once. Everyone will ban one faction, but you don't know what the other people are banning while you're banning your own. Once everyone has banned a faction, we take the remaining 11 factions... And make a new pool. We're going to completely... And, and we make this pool face up. We flip them all over. Here are the 11 factions that will be in this game. Uh, or, or here are the 11 factions that might be in this game. Then, in the reverse of that picking order, we're going snake draft, right? So the last person to get to ban their faction is now the first one to... Using the right verbiage here is weird. So I'm going to say select a faction to be placed in the final pool. Mm -hmm. Because there's going, th this process is not picking who you are playing with yet. We're not there yet. So you you select the faction that you want to have in the game, and this is this makes it a really distinctly different from just picking a faction because what you're all you're this is sort of a co-op build of what kind of game do we want to play, right? Uh, if if someone inserts Hakan, that's going to change the types of other factions people want in because people will probably want a faction that plays well off of Hakan. So you have to think about those kinds of relationships. Uh, so everyone will pick uh, or select one faction to go into the pool with the player who only got to choose between two factions, or player F. Player F, when they go, whatever order of the process they're in, they select 
two factions that go in the pool. This is the biggest change from what we previously have said on the show. Uh, we, we tried it, and, and other people suggested this other method, and we preferred this new method. So the player who only got to pick between two factions to ban now selects two factions. What this means is we are, at the end of everyone selecting factions, we're left with seven factions in a new pool. This pool is what goes alongside our player seating order. And we've talked about our seating order draft selection in the past. So from this point forward, everyone rolls a new die. We want a completely new randomization of a turn order. And this new turn order, the first person in the turn order gets to either select their faction of the available seven or their position of the available six. And then we go through the turn order with player six going twice. So they would pick both their faction and their seating position, and we work our way back up towards the top. So the very first person to select, if they picked their position first, they're going to have last selection of the factions. Or but, vi because vice they, versa as well. Or vice versa. But the biggest point is because there are seven factions, there will be one left over. This is to kind of avoid anyone getting... We basically decided that positions we're 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 hoping to have balanced maps so that part should be fairly balanced so it seems a little crazy if someone gets to like get a troll winu pick in there and then someone gets stuck with it we wanted a little bit of wiggle room to keep someone from getting totally screwed over by faction selection so at the very least you have a choice between two factions to pick from and that so far in all of our test games has felt like a pretty good balance uh, so then, after everyone has a faction and a position, we roll a third time to determine who is the speaker. Highest roll gets speaker. We tried including speaker order in uh, in our drafts, and we just don't like the amount of power it gives to the pregame. We don't want the pregame to completely determine the course of the game. We would rather right. speaker token be a little bit random, and you just have to deal with that as you would in most normal games of TI. So that's right. the whole process. That will be everything that we do pre-game. Once that speaker token is selected, we'll do all the normal stuff, you know, divvy up uh, secret objectives, reveal the public objectives, and then begin the game. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, I'm I'm super excited. Uh, I think it's a I think it's a really cool process. Um, we're obviously always uh, open to feedback uh, about this process. Uh, please let us know like what you think of it. Um, this is like, this is what we're sticking with, I think for, for the tournament, tournament as of now. Yeah. Um, but obviously we're going to see like how it plays out and you know, right. who, who knows, who knows? By no means do we think this is the gold standard best no. way to do it. We think we want to try this for a full tournament. And I, I think there's plenty of arguments for doing it completely different ways in other tournaments. Um, if anything, I think in the future of just like TI in general, I think that's going to be kind of what determines the different styles of tournaments, right? Each tournament is going to have its own sort of faction selection. At Gen Con, it was everyone just picks a faction, and then we do the normal competitive, you know, board setup. Right. And that led to very specific kinds of games. Hunter and I are trying to develop this thing so that we get specific kinds of games as well. Right. Uh, and I think every tournament just has to decide what kind of game it wants to um, incentivize. So what we want to do now is showcase what this process looks like um, and kind of... This is going to lead up to like what our predictions are of like what it's going to be not picked very often, what will get picked a lot. And in the end, I think we're going to both try to just like make a random stab in the dark at what faction we think is going to win the most games. Maybe not win the whole tournament, but what faction will statistically have won the most games throughout the tournament. That's, right. I'm, that's something I'm curious to make a prediction of. So we're going to run through, just between Hunter and I, we're going to kind of mock run through this process of banning and picking factions to showcase the sort of decision-making you make, because that, that's something that I think is very fun about this process. This is why I like what we've come up with, because, like I said earlier, it kind of forces you to decide what kind of game you want to play. When one faction gets selected to be in that final pool, everyone goes, okay, well, I want a faction that plays off of the relationship that I might be able to have with that faction. And once there's like four factions on there, you get a sense of like what kind of game this is going to be. So the fifth and sixth person to pick get to like make some really interesting decisions of what kind of factions they allow into the game. Again, not knowing what they're going to end up with necessarily. So you have to just pick what is going to leave the best structure of game right. available. 
But then it, what I also like about it is like, like obviously me and Matt are going to be doing these, uh, these mock runs right now. And so we're going to bring like ha- who we are as players. Right. To it. Yeah. But there, there are going to be lots of people in the tournament that aren't really going to think this way that are just going to be like, I want to, I want to try and get this faction in cause I want to play this faction. And I think mixing those people in with, uh, with this way of thinking as well is going to be really interesting and actually yep. like shake this up a lot. So like right. I don't I don't fully expect like the the tournament ban and pick phases to play out exactly like how no, these are about not. to. No, uh, so many players don't think the way Hunter and I think and don't have the the priorities of factions that you and I have. Right. So it's gonna and, and some I mean some people are a little bit more troll. Like I've I've played this on TTS and I've seen people try to get Sardak in the mix and things like that. Like people. Right think that they can hedge their bets and not end up with a bad faction and and you know i I think we will see some of that i don't think you know maybe it's your that that's a little bit of the like crazy poker player decision kind of thing to make but i I think we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of interesting decisions made and and yeah I'm, i'm excited to see how it plays out but let's see how it plays out with just us doing it right cool 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 all right so um, we are, um, me and Matt are going to pretend to be basically every player, um, yeah. in the band phase. We're going to like make decisions together. Um, so Matt has like his actual tiles in front of him, his home yep. system, uh, tiles. And so let's get that first hand. What's hand yep. number one. So the first one we randomly shuffled is Arborek, Sardak Nor, and Mentak Coalition. So already off to like a ooh, this is kind of a weaker. This is a weaker hand, right? In right. terms of just like right. what are what are powerhouse factions I would love to like end up with, or wow. I want to keep from getting in the game. Uh, so this this one leaves us with some weird decisions. I think the types of decision making you make in this situation are: Do I want to just like ban Sardak because they're so bad I would not want to end up with them, or do I want to ban something like? Mentak because I don't like what Mentak does to the game. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? like, like I don't, don't want to just be lorded over by a Mentak all game. And if I ended up with Mentak myself, I don't know if I want to be forced to have the kinds of relationships Mentak has to have. Right. So yeah, those are t- like, and I think Arborek is just really safe in this hand um, yeah, because so. Arborek isn't bad enough to be like, uh, I, or, or isn't even good enough either to be like, oh, we got to get rid of... Like, I think Arborek is just kind of in the middle of these three, basically. I agree. So it's, agree. it's either Sardak or Mentek that has to go. And I have a feeling like we completely disagree, actually, on this first hand. Because <laughs> I I would want to ban Mentek because I don't want yeah. to play against Mentek. I do not like playing against Mentek. Um, and especially you know, just right out of the gate, knowing that like, this is not going to be a Mentak game. That tells me a lot more about the game that is going to happen. Right. Then right. if I'm like, well, Sardak's not, not cause Sardak's probably not going to make it anyways, you know? Right. Well, and, th- and that's where my logic is going to come in, which is, I think, uh, from a general sense, like it, it's not a very good idea to, to let Mentak through when, or, or sorry. Yeah. The, the basic idea being, like, who in their right mind is going to pick Sardak to be in the final pool? Probably almost no one. Whereas Mentak might actually make it, and I agree with you that I don't know if I like what Mentak is going to do to the board. So I agree with you. I think we should get rid of Mentak. All right. I think they're a better faction than Sardak, and I think we can weed Sardak out later. Okay. So Mentak is out. That's, wow, what a crazy start already. Already this is different than the ones that we did before. <laughs> All right. Our next one up is the Barony. Extra and Necro. Okay. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, this is th- a tough I, choice. These I are think. all these kind are all of fairly in the middle. middle of the pack. Yeah, exactly. I'm a little bit inclined to lean. So one one thing I've talked about off off the show before is with this method, I think it is personally always best to ban the best possible faction right but who's uh, that in this three i know it's hard to say in this but but the logic there being the bad factions are going to get weeded out when we select factions for the final thing yeah so i think you're always better off getting rid of powerhouses in this situation so you want to get rid of barony lower the thing i'm leaning barony um but necro necro is kind of up there in terms of just like what what they do to the game. Wow, this is so this is it's weird because the first two ones that we did, I felt like we were on the same page about everything, but I was wanting to say extra uh, because I'm leaning more and more towards Necro based purely off of uh Necro can if I'm playing as Necro, they can have a hard time with objectives just depending on what comes up. 
you know, it really changes the scope of your game, what what objectives come out there. Right. And if I'm playing against a Necro, it's sort of the Mentech argument of like, oh, I don't want to have to deal with just like that whole situation. Right. But if but if we ban Extra, then we and, and this might not be good. I'm just throwing this out there. I'm trying to think about all the angles. Um, if we ban Extra, then we know for sure that the potential for that barony Necro nasty relationship is still there. So do we want that? Like, do we want to see that? Because it, it's... I don't think it, we do. I don't think but, I want to see two factions with NES and Duranium. Right. Armor. Well, but I'm saying, like, the likelihood that you're going to be one of those two factions is, like... Sort of like a one and three. Yeah, it's... Well, it could be. By I don't know. End. Like, It's hard it's, to... Yeah, there's a lot of math that happens right. between now and then. But, but it, it's, there's a pretty good chance that if Barony and Necro are in that pool... You're like, I'm thinking that Barony and Necro, it's pretty likely that they would both be picked and not just one. Because you'd assume Barony would get picked first for the pool, the final pool, that is. And then right. someone would see that and be like, ooh, well, I want to get in on that. But I'm willing to defer to, you're, you're saying to ban Necro? It's what I'm feeling because I just know, if we're thinking too in terms of like, I'm only looking at these three cards right now, we don't know about the fact that Mentak is in there or, or is out and like that Sardak and Arborek are in there, right? As, as a player, all we know are these three factions. I am more afraid of what tech Necro might be able to get advantage of and what kind of game they might be able to yeah. have. Yeah. I'm more afraid of that than I am of Extra and Barony. Like, I feel like I can deal with a Barony and an Extra, but okay. a Necro could like have some crazy stuff happen to them how about this uh since it's our first uh real disagreement uh i'll defer to you and next time i'll give you one next time we do we do me so necro is banned okay next three clan asar universities of jolnar and the asaral tribes this is one of those kind of autos for me none of them are strong enough to supersede jolnar i just right like it would be a disaster if jolnar got into the game I think that's the flaw of this system that we have in place is right. things like Jolnar and Soul are very rarely going to make it into games because they're just so good that no one's going to allow it. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like that's a fairly automatic. But this is a uh, very good hand. These are three it is a really, really good hand because Because I would put Sar up there in this same category, too, of like, ooh, Sar can be really good, and, and I don't want to see that. But when Jolnar is... There, it's like nothing is yeah. worse than just a Jolnar getting a bunch of automatic points. And I'm, I'm with you though. I would, I would, if I was playing in the tournament, I'm playing for keeps. I'm not putting Jolnar in. I don't want to yeah. play against Jolnar. Next up is the L1Z1X, the Emirates of Hakan, and the Winu. Okay, so this goes to to say to my logic earlier, like I always think it's best to get rid of the best faction. But mm-hmm. there's something to be said for, like, the Winu clause, right? Like, are we really going to allow Winu to be an option in this game? Now, the argument is, if you allow Winu into the first pool, there's no way anyone's going to put him in the game. But maybe, maybe someone's crazy. Yeah, but... Do we allow for the crazies? I think if we want to be consistent with this run, when we had the first hand with Sardak, we were like, yeah. you know what? Not a big Sardak's deal. probably not going to get picked. Uh, I'm, the likelihood that I'm going to end up with Sardak is really low. So right. I'm going to apply that same logic because remember, like we're we're playing individuals that can't see each other's hands, so right. we don't we know, don't know what anything that, else. Yeah, so I'm thinking if this is all I'm seeing, I am either banning Hakan or L1. Yeah, I, I and, agree. I, and I, think I don't it's really know which better. one. I I I'm kind of. So this is where you have to think about like, okay, what's the impact on the game? Yeah, uh, I might not end up as Hakan. Do I want to play against Hakan or do I want to play against Lizix? You know, I think I'm going to say ban Hakan. I agree. Which I'm, is I'm weird because we in the mock. Uh, yeah, the we mock did a few trials, mock runs and Hakan made it into every single game. <laughs> but yeah, not not with this matchup. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, hand five. So this is the uh, last three player hand. Uh, the next one we're going to do is going to be the the two two in one. But this hand is the Yin Brotherhood, the Federation of Soul, and the Nalu Collective. Oh. Now. That same logic, I think, applies to Soul. It sucks that Nalu is in there. I right. hate letting Nalu get through, but uh, you and I are on record of just really, really despising when Soul gets into games because they can they can just easily run yeah. away with it if they do yeah. things right. Uh, it's it's interesting to me that that uh, yeah. I mean, I think I think I'm totally in agreement with you here. Uh, we're definitely banning Soul, um, but 
what that has allowed is in both the Jolnar and the Soul Hands, really good factions got to get in because we had to we felt we had to ban Soul and Jolnar. Like we let Nalu in on the Soul Hand and on the Jolnar hand we let Sar in and Isarl yeah. in. Yeah. One of the one of the test things that we did before we started recording had like mostly bad factions in the final eleven. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this this is a drastically different uh, end result. But you know that's that's why it's anecdotal. Right. All right. The last two. So the play, player F. Oh my God. Of course, has Muat and Ghosts of Creus. Wow. Wow. So which which logic are we applying here? <laughs> um. I'm. I mean. Ah. In this case. I don't know why I'm, I'm flipping now all of a sudden. I'm like, no, now I want Muad out. I'm, I'm. If this is right. all that I know, I don't want to like. Well, only... you're Hunter Donaldson, who has this horrible. Track That's true. Record I, I have, I have a really big bias. Um, I, I think, I think the logic of, oh, I'm not gonna get like stuck with with this doesn't work if you're seeing so little. Like right. you, you only get to know one thing that's going into the pool. So yeah, if you're only putting a bad thing into the pool, it's not great. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that logic doesn't make as much sense. I would almost want to put a. Uh, I wouldn't want to put the best thing into the pool, but I would want to put a mid a middling. Faction. Yeah, it really comes down to like I'm okay with ghosts being in the pool, right? But like I, yeah, I I can't let Muat through. All right, cool. So yeah. we are we are banning. Banning Muat. So who? What is our pool? So our final pool. Here's our here, not our final final pool. Our our initial pool. Our pool of eleven is the Ghosts of Creus, the Nalu Collective. If you're playing along at home, you can write this down. <laughs> uh, the Yin Brotherhood, the Winu, the L1Z1X, the Isaral Tribes, the Clan of Sar, the Extra Kingdom, the Barony of Letnev. Sardak Nor and the Arborek. Wow. Okay. So now this is public information for all six players. We're looking right. at all of these eleven factions, and we're just we're we are now officially starting to decide what are we what are we doing? You know, what kind of game do we want to play here? What 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 are we hoping mm-hmm. to accomplish with this game? Uh, some of the things that I feel like I'm noticing are there's a decent amount of like not great factions. But there's no power. Like we did a good job of getting rid of terrible factions and powerhouses, and it feels like everything is fairly middle of the pack. So from this point forward, it's really just about like what ends up getting let in. Um, right. So Hunter, do you want to go first? Or I think we're gonna pick these one at a time and like try to make justifications for why we're picking what um, we're picking. Yeah. What? Where are we gonna put the player that picks two? Uh, let's just to make it kind of random because when 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 we've done it in, in our previous two, we did it like first and last in two different versions. So I think we should just make them third. Okay, just something cool. in the middle. So I will go first, and I will pick based off of the pool that I have in front of me. Um, let's see. I want to talk through my logic. Sure, sure. Um, so Nalu is probably the best. Nalu and yeah. Sar are kind right. of the two that I'm feeling like, oh, these are the really solid ones and i'd put um, lizix close behind especially if you're like a if you're like a comfortable lizix play you know there's there's those types of people that are just like no i can do some stuff with lizix yeah but i would i would agree that nalu and sar are our two favorites uh Isarl is up there as well for sure Isarl makes huge plays and can get a lot done so. you know what i actually feel like is the say it's funny because the logic of this i think is maybe a little silly but um I think Extra is actually the smartest first pick here because I don't know anything like, and I'm not seeing a lot of connections between these factions, like obvious, like, oh, obviously somebody's going to pick this and then this, right? Uh So I'm just thinking like, might as well pick somebody uh, that is probably just going to like be scrappy in against any of these factions, basically. I want something that's that's just can stand on its own right there's, there's i mean my argument would be is like extra has a hard time winning games and it's like i don't know if i want to end up with them but like i don't know it extra always has this feeling of like yeah they don't have good statistics but they're not necessarily a bad race maybe i can do well with them that's well, how i always feel with extra yeah i think there's just uh it's i mean obviously this is just for the pool though so so my my sure. hypothetical player isn't necessarily going to play extra right so much as like i think i Make could just stand there. to see extra in this group regardless 
And also, yeah. I'm wondering to see, like, I'm going first, and I'm looking at this pool thinking, like, so are we going to, because we could go different directions with this pool. There there are some good factions, and then there are some bad factions, actually. There's Sardak, there's oh, yeah. Winu. There's some very bad ones, for yeah. sure. Yeah, um, there's Ar- Arborek, like, would not really fare well, I feel like, in this pool. Um, Arborek, at least, is going to be, like, kind of a long shot, I feel like. So, yeah, I'm... Uh- I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I mean, the only danger zones with Arborek are Lizix and Barony, I guess. Right, right. But are the, you know, maybe well, let's, let's let's see. Maybe it's a weaker point. See, uh, L1 and Barony is what I saw that made me think I'm going to pick extra just to see how this shakes out. So let's so see what I was pick. I was leaning towards Sar, but based off of your extra pick, uh, I think I have to go with Nalu. I think Nalu's the the strongest faction out there. Okay. I would I would hope to get them. And they also have some defensive capability that is going to match Extra. So it's like, okay, if they're not going towards Extra, I also don't want them to go towards me. So right. hopefully I think that can work. And, and I don't want to play a SAR that ends up sitting next to Extra. I think right. that would be a disaster. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick Nalu Collective. Okay. So um, am I now playing you get to the... pick. Yeah, you're player F, and you get to pick two factions to okay. add to this pool. Okay. <laughs> Well, so since you went the direction I thought you were gonna go of picking the the super yeah. superstars, of course, uh, I think I'm just gonna throw more superstars in, yeah, and I'm gonna pick L1 and Sar. Okay, and just be like, all right, let's let's do um, it. We're doing we're playing a we're playing a tough game with good factions. Yeah, right, right. Uh, and then I mean, I feel like. Probably Asarl can do the most here. I mean, I want direct hits against Lizix. I want uh, just to be able to maybe hold off Asar. I, I feel like Asarl is probably the best pick. Yeah. To go off of in this, uh, I, I'm I'm leaning towards maybe a uh, a Barony, but I think Barony up against Nalu is a pretty difficult thing to do because Barony. It's not like Barony fires a ton of shot. Like to to beat a Nalu, you need a bunch of shots to kill all the fighters. Right, right. So I, I don't like that. But what you can use instead of a bunch of shots are a bunch of action cards. So I, right. I think I want to go with Isarl. I think that's a smart pick too. So this is your last pick. Yeah. So what do I want to pick to maybe shake this up, or do, is this like? What kind I don't of know. game do we have right now? We have two pretty we, defensive factions. One that can get around. Nalu can get around okay, but Extra is very defensive. Sar is doing the Sar thing. Right. L1 is pretty can be pretty aggressive. And Asarl, you know, makes big game making. I, it this is just like a like you just need a great We we are it's like you said, we are just I don't think we've established a theme. Yeah, you know, sometimes you get like a Hakan in there and that determines a bunch of relationships, but right, we're not in that right. situation right now. I think right. it's like, no, I just need something that can combat with well, you these know, you big know, factions. Because I'm going to take a risk here, and I think if I was in this situation, I would take the same risk. Um, I'm going to pick Yin because I think that if Barony's not in, then like, while L1 is here and that's scary, um, a lot of these other players are not going to be able to deal with a strong ground game, ground basically. Yeah. L1, of course, and if Barony gets thrown, if you throw in Barony here at the end, which it might be the right play, um, then Yin might be a bad choice in this pool, but sure. we'll see. Well, what do well, you think? And here's, here's the interesting point to that, and th- this is something we can't recreate that well, but in this situation, like, we could start, uh, throughout this whole process, we can be discussing this, right? Right. This is a group effort, and 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 so I think there's there's some value in like, hey, please don't pick Barony. I'm putting Yin in here. Would you really want to just have a Yin be totally crushed? Like you might end up with that. Well, yin. but see, that's I see that's those why arguments it's... getting made. Sure, sure, but and and I mean, I think like everybody's got to pick whatever whatever they got to pick. Um, right. And I could see someone counterpicking Barony right now, and I think that right. would make sense. You could well, also maybe just to, just yeah, to be ahead. clear to to the listener, what's left is the Ghosts of Creus, the Winu. The Barony Aletnev, Sardak Nor, and Arborek. Right. So the reason we're talking so much about Barony, like Barony is by far and above the best faction here. Right. Ghost is probably the next. Maybe Ghost and Arborek are on the same level. And then like I'm not picking Winu or Sardak. No way in in any chance would I uh, select either of those to be in this mix. Right. Um. So but, it really comes down to this Ghost, Arborek, or Barony situation. Right. Or if the thing is, you could pick one of the bad factions, and it would just be assumed that like, well, that faction that's is going to get left it. out, right. right? Right. Yeah, because we're only going to allow. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good argument of like, if I'm looking at Extra Nalu, L1, Sar, Asarl, and Yin as our six factions, and I throw in 
some junk, then like I'm guaranteeing that that's going to be it. So if right. I keep Barony out as well, then I don't want, you know, if anything, I, I'm kind of agreeing with that logic of if I look at those, that's the spread of those six, I like my odds with all of those. If I add in Barony, it screws some stuff up unless Yin is the one that gets left out. But, you know, I'm I'm the new Matt Martins. I'm the reformed Matt Martins that right. is into Yin Brotherhood. Right. So I, I think I do kind of do a weird a weird play, which is to like to throw the Winu in there. Yeah. Now, obviously, we're coming into this without actually having a map in front of us. And there's going to be lots of decisions that are based off of the map, right? Of what, what you can actually do. Oh, I can... I can get a yellow tech skip and actually maybe Winu could do so you know i don't they can't but but those types of decisions get made when there's an actual map in front of you but i think i'm gonna throw Winu in there almost to force it to be those other six right i think that's a weird choice and i don't think that's gonna happen as often in the tournament but in our test games i have seen people throw sardax or something like that in there just purely as a like i mean you're not gonna want to end up with it's just kind of like a troll pick but then it's also it, it does kind of force some interesting decision making. So I think I'm going to go with that. So our final pool of seven is the Extra, the Nalu, the L1Z1X, Sar, Isarl, Yin, and Winu. Yeah. With probably Winu being left out, I would with imagine. With Winu probably being left out. So really, yeah. those those six, Extra, Nalu, L1, Sar, Isarl, and Yin are in this game of of this tournament that we would be playing. Yeah. Uh, um. Now we would so from this point forward would be when we you know either pick factions or pick positions, but we're gonna kind of call it there in terms of like what we're trying to glean from this episode. So Hunter, let's talk a little bit more about um sort of the the things we went through there and like why we banned what we banned, what we think is th- this spread right now. I'll say this much: this spread that we have, this seems like a pretty common spread. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, um, I, I think I think. There's something about Sar and Sarl, um, and yeah, like the it, it's all the factions I feel like that are like really good, but not like the best. Like really, really solid, but like just below top tier that I think are going to end up in the pool a lot. I think that's the target, basically. Right. Yeah, and we we talked about this before, and I think we're going to work through some logic to to determine this, but I. I from this list, four out of our final seven, like what we think are the fi- the seven most common factions, right now we just ended up with four. Right. And our pre- previous two methods, we ended up with five out of seven. So, so far, we have been dead on with what we think is going to get into a lot of games. So, right. again, that is a downside to this method is we're going to not see that much faction uh, well, we, like don't we, don't, we, don't, we don't know. We don't. We don't. We don't know for sure yet. But it seems like there's probably a, a more tendency for there to be middle of the pack factions. But personally, for tournament play, I think that is better because if you have an amazing faction, they have a higher odds of just running away with it. So I would rather have all the middle of the pack factions playing, and right. then you get some, you know, different results. But I, I think there's plenty of argument to not do this method because you want to be able to see Jolnar and Soul and Winu in games, right? Like, right. It, it is sad that those factions will probably almost never make it into a single game. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, though, we'll also see a lot of people that, like, completely buck this way of thinking that are just right. like, no, I'm going to put, I'm going to get Soul right. into that pool because I'm going to try and get Soul and that's how I'm right. going to win this whole game, basically. For sure, for sure. So let's let's talk through what so the the big trick to this system is we are not allowing people to ban from the full list of 17. This would be a very different procedure if we were banning from the full 17. Because we are randomizing factions between players and then you have to ban one of those, that's the where we kind of get some interesting decisions. Right. But let's talk through like what what are your top bans, Hunter? What what are the and what are the main reasons that you would ban something? Um, I think the most obvious reason to ban factions are obviously that they're just really good, that they score a lot of points uh, automatically, that they score in their sleep. Um, Joel Nahr is obviously, I think, kind of number one at that. Yeah. Um, Soul uh, has such a dynamite uh, plan. Path, uh, to, path to victory, yeah. Right, uh, that I see Soul getting banned a lot. Also, it's just like, part of this too is just like public opinion. Like there's a yeah. lot of like, I think public opinion that those two factions are are very very good, and right. I think even that will take over. Like I think, 
we might be getting to a point with Soul where like the the wave is starting to crest back a little yeah. bit, just because people are so hyper aware right. of the what you do with them. Um, right. I don't want to. We, we sort of saw that at the Gen Con tournament, which is that I mean the difference there too was that people were picking Soul and then they were building the map competitively. So Soul was getting a lot of like bad pie slot. You know, people right. were crushing Soul under their thumb. Um, and, and we didn't really see any soul victories or Jolnar victories, but it was because of that. I think the competitive ga- galaxy building helps with that. But yeah, I think there's something to be said for in a competitive game. If soul does get in there, the pendulum sways back up, you know, against soul a little bit. Um, so I don't think it is the worst thing in the world, but I think more often people are just going to ban them to get them out of the way and not right. have to deal with it. Uh, I think for the same reason, uh, I, I do think a lot of people will ban Winu, Muat, and Sardak. Uh, right. For being just so bad. They just don't even want to deal with having that as an option. Now, I made that uh, the case earlier. Of, well, you should always ban the best one because you're probably not going to end up with one of the worst ones. But there's always a chance that you might. And depending on the hand that you're given, you know, if your hand is just like, I don't know, Ghosts, Yin, and Winu, uh, maybe you lean more towards Winu because it's just like, well, those other two aren't like, there's not a big enough decision between the other two, and I might as well just get rid of the junk. That's sort of what we do with Muat, right? Right, In, in right. this example. So I think pretty often Winu, Muat, and Sardak uh, are banned. Who else do you think gets banned? Maybe for other, like, more superfluous reasons. Um, I think I think Hakan and Mentak are going to have a really weird... Um, I think they're going to be, like, kind of the swing um, yeah. factions, and that I think there's a chance that we'll see a really high, um, like turnout of Hakan and Mentak players in the, that actually make it into games. Uh, but I could also see people in the banning phase looking at Mentak and Hakan and being like, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to yeah. do that. Yeah, basically. those are the two factions that most change the context of the game. And there's lots of players who don't want to have the context of the game changed, especially with Hakan. It's just like, oh my right. gosh, I really don't want to deal with this whole process today. I, I just want to get rid of Hakan. I do think that... Um, <laughs> If I think I think there's like a handful of factions that like if they make it to the pool, they are definitely going to the board, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and I think Hakan is definitely uh, that faction. I think like right. if Hakan makes it through the band phase, then somebody gonna is going to play Hakan. Somebody's right. going to want to like. Right. I think there's a, there's a decent number of factions that are kind of that way. Uh, some other ones that I would ban for the for the being too good reasons are Nalu and Sar. Uh, and this is purely dependent on like what they're up against. Mm-hmm. But if it's like Nalu versus some middle of the pack stuff, I definitely, I mean, Nalu is very, very, very strong. Um, I, I think they're a top tier race. If anything, they might be like up, just as up there as Soul and Jolnar, but they're, the reasons aren't as obvious maybe. Um, but I think Nalu is so strong that I would very often find an excuse to ban them. And the same thing with Sar. Like uh, a Sar in the right game can just run away with things. And, and I hate playing against it. And playing as them has its dangers, so I think it's usually a fairly safe ban. Right, right. Yeah, I think uh, I think Sar is kind of in a really interesting place here, where I think some people recognize Sar as being like really, really, really competitive and a really, yeah. really, really strong uh, faction. Um, right. And then I think other people like you've got some doubters. So I think yeah, Sar is another one that I think you're kind of see like a lot of weird output of them, like like them making it into a lot of games and then right. them getting banned a lot as well. Right. Uh, and the last one I would put on this list is Arborek, um, especially just no- talking to people in the tabletop simulator community, which I think is going to be a decent proportion of our player base. Arborek has a really really tough early game. And a lot of people know that. So I don't think Arborek is a terrible faction, except for you can get exploited in those first two rounds. And I think people will be prone to do that. So for that reason, depending on what your, the things are in your hand, I could see Arborek getting a decent number of bans. Just just by nature of, like, I don't want to be forced with that, like, problem of having to protect myself early game. You know, I th- I think there's something about Arborek, though, that is going to put... I, this is such a weird point that I'm going to make, but I... I feel like they are not bad enough not to make it to the pool. Like, I think, I don't think they're going to get banned that much, but I don't right, think they're going to get, get picked a lot. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree that they, they, and that's, I, if anything, that's almost how I feel about uh, things like Asarl. No, it's sort of the opposite. Asarl is one I almost put up there with Nalu and Sar, but it's not quite as much. But m- maybe even like, like Necro. Necro and Arborek maybe have that similarity. Yeah, to me. I agree. I agree with that. Where, Where it's, it's just like, like, I don't know if I want to deal with the struggles that that 
faction is going to have this game because they're right. so specific. Right. It, it kind of feels like a wild card play to pick uh, Arborek or Necro right. because it's not it's not that they're ineffective races. Uh, it's that they need a lot to go right for them. Right. right. But if that happens, then, yeah, they're going to be a lot of fun. And it's so going to get we, pretty if buck we wild. cut out everything we've already talked about. Um, you know, this Nalu, Sar, Arborek problem, Hakan and Mentak being weird, Winu, Muat, and Sardok being bad, and Sol and Jolnar being way too good. What we're left with is Barony, the Ghost of Krius, the L1Z1X, the Necrovirus, Excha Kingdom, Yin Brotherhood, and the Asaral Tribes as like our seven most common factions to be. And right. so far, like I said earlier, in every single time we've done it, we've never had less than four of those in right. our right in our thing uh i think asarl has been in like every single one and maybe that's a problem like i think asarl is better than people are giving it credit for um maybe l1 as well but but in general those seven i think are going to end up in a lot of final pools and we're going to see a lot of those factions played throughout the tournament yeah what's interesting is because of the system i don't think we're we're ever gonna see just like these seven exactly be the the no, right, final exactly. final i i agree because this is a weird makeup that this the, right. the makeup of those seven doesn't play together that well so like weird decisions get made in between those but amongst those seven they'll all get picked a lot yeah i i agree with that i think it's always going to be those seven and then like uh like a weird you know a couple weird ones that like oh hakan made it through or right. oh whoa Nalu soul made it through the path. yeah exactly right right something like that um yeah, I I'm so excited. In fact, I'm so excited. I wish we could run that mock thing again, just because it's so much fun doing. I that. know. Yeah. Well, you know what's what's good is at the time of this recording, we are about to start a game, and we are probably going to go through the drafting method uh, with oh, our yeah. Gideon Brotherhood. Um, we we are we will have when this episode comes out, we have already played a game with our Gideon Brotherhood. Um, that's that's one of the things we do for our Patreon uh, is we make a point to play with every member of the Gideon Brotherhood. So Hunter and I are about to play with four. Uh, players so we actually need to kind of duck out of here pretty soon to get that game started so hunter do you want to jump into the rundown or do you have any like final thoughts about just kind of this process and everything else do you, do you have anything else big that you think is has been left out um i i want to do let, let's let's ha, let's do let's throw some spaghetti at the wall uh yeah, and make like a right. really bold prediction we do we need to do um, that based on the likelihood of certain factions getting into the game like i i think if if we just did like all 17 i would be like statistically soul or jolnar will probably do the best who do you think is going to win the most games or score the most points rather like who do you feel like statistically not necessarily who's going to win the final game because that's impossible sure no we're not we're not predicting that but we are predicting what is going to be the most who's going to score the most points or have the most wins or whatever do the best throughout the course of the whole tournament for me it actually the answer comes really fast and i think it's a sorrel because i think a sorrel makes those huge just based on the number of plays of the week that we've received that are all isaro plays and knowing what isaro is capable of and seeing what they would be up against right like the only thing that stops an isaro is a nalu a soul or a jolnar right and so if those aren't in the game, like Asaro feels like the strongest faction in what's left. If we're if if I'm picking one faction from Barony, Ghosts, L1, Necro, Extra, Yin, or Asaro, <laughs> I think Asaro's gonna do the best. I like I like doing this because we we've kind of like established our own like guesses as far as yeah. what factions are gonna make it in, and then now we're saying from those. So maybe we're going to mess this all exactly. up. Exactly. We're and gonna completely are gonna ruin the meta. People are gonna people be gonna like, gonna all right, fine. Us. Well, I'll I'll ban Asaro then if you guys are saying that they're <laughs> right. gonna win. Um right. But yeah. if you ban the problem is if you ban Asarl, all you're doing is allowing room for Jolnar right. or Other Soul things, or yeah. Nala. Like, right. like that's the that's why Asarl is doing the best in this situation. Is they're the best of what's left. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you do you, do you um, agree or do you got to throw something else out there? I, I, think, I mean, there's good arguments for a plenty of these factions. I think that. Oh, I think we're gonna see a lot of uh, Sar get banned and get picked, and I yeah. think uh, I think Sar. Uh, okay. is the most like potentially crazy faction sure. in play in, in gotcha. the tournament. Unl- unless like the public opinion just completely turns against SAR overall and nobody, right. everybody's like, no, we're not playing with SAR, SAR period. But yeah, I think we, I think we could see SAR do really, really well in the tournament. Yeah. So there you go. There's our picks. SAR and SAR for most, most points or like most victories. I don't know. It's yeah, not just really like, a thing. Just like just does, does the, the best, best statistically. Right. Yeah. Right. 
Um, so let's let's break down. We're, we're not going to do errata this week because, well, first off, just all the stuff we, you know, the response. Wait, can we, we got can we do? Can we what? say who we think is going to do the worst? Can sure. we be mean as yeah. well? The worst that uh, would I think, actually make it in extra. I mean, I think extra is going to yeah. make it into a lot of games because I think people always have, like I said earlier, people have like a false confidence with extra, right? But then extra has a really hard time actually scoring points. Yeah. Um, uh, so I think I think extra will be in many games and almost always be at the bottom of the pack. Right, I agree with that. Um, Maybe ghosts. I would put ghosts down there as well, but but extra especially more so. I, I yeah, I think we'll see more extra picks than ghost picks. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna say with mine ghosts then, so we just okay. have them all covered. Ghosts there and you extra. Go. We did it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no errata on last week's episode. It's weird to just like do errata on talking about me, right? And this, it's not like there. It's like what do you, what. I don't know. It was a weird episode to have like conversations about because people are just talking. There's nothing to correct. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really have much to say about it. The, the only thing I'll throw one thing out there is uh, Brian on our discord uh, uh, and Tom Booms started a conversation. A few of us had a conversation about my the thing I said about the Embers and Muwats promissory note just mm-hmm. being that like I think it's good it's not that I think it is good or especially it, it's the the highest value promissory note obviously that means there are tricky things to do with it so basically all I was meaning to say about the embers and move out promissory note is that I think it's the most uh, underutilized promissory note it is very hard to use and the, it costs a fleet supply to give it out and then have someone use it against you but I am just curious if there is a way if you're a really savvy deal making player if you can make it work and so that's something I want to try eventually. It's not that yeah. I think it's actually the best promissory note. No, it's that it's it is like technically worth the most. It is the most valuable promissory note. And so surely that must be worth something. Right. Uh well, I would prefer no more talk of this, uh, because every time that you bring yeah. this up, I'm just exactly. gritting my teeth over here, just You're being like with All right, do it. Prove it then. Just well, let me, do it. Exactly. Yeah. Let me let me get you out of this mental vacuum then and uh, I'm gonna do the rundown real quick. What do you say? Yeah, yeah, do it. You can follow us at Space Cats Pod on Twitter for game updates and announcements and uh, Space Cats Peace Turtles on Facebook for announcements and you can ask me questions on there. We post every single week on t- uh, the Twilight Imperium subreddit and so you can gain, uh, you can join in discussion. I think this will be a really fun episode to discuss with people of what they think will happen in these bit picks and bans and drafts and everything and just like what what do they think will be the most common factions and why would you ban a specific faction i think this is gonna be a fun one to discuss uh leading up to the tournament you can also discuss with us on our board game geek guild uh and email us at spacecatspeaceturtles at gmail.com to send us plays of the week and submissions for this imperium life these are in-game stories that you send to us uh, that are just fun, amazing moments that happen within your games. You can join our Discord for fun conversations and to get a bunch of your Patreon benefits. This is where we do the bulk of our communicating with our fan base and talk through, you know, Galactic Council episodes and how we organize our Gunyad Brotherhood game, everything like that. Uh, speaking of Patreon, you can join it. Join our Patreon. Uh, the you know the the signups for the tournament are closed, but you know we're obviously going to try to find some things in the future here to to give our Patreon benefits. Uh, so if you are a you know one dollar level Patreoner and you're wondering why would I continue joining, well we're we're you know let's let's get through this tournament some, but we're gonna we're gonna have some value. And I think there's gonna be future tournaments, things like that. And in general, all the higher tiers give you lots of impact on the show itself. Right. Uh, um, please rate us on your podcast app of choice. Uh, Apple Podcasts and iTunes is what gives us the most uh, benefit. It, it increases our visibility and helps people discover the show. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to do a quick uh, uh, Patreon update. Um, sure. We're about to play a Good Yen Brotherhood game. Uh, it will have happened by the time you're hearing this. Yeah. Um, so that so there's that. Also, um, we have a Galactic Council episode coming up next week, right? Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna make that happen. So, so, so definitely get on the Discord so you can uh, find the poll for that episode, uh, and you can you can get your vote in on what you want next week's episode to be about. And uh, and we also want to be reaching out to the Space Kitties because I would like to do a Space Kitty episode very yeah. soon. So yeah, yeah, I know we've got. I know there's one Space Kitty in particular that's been sending us some ideas, sending me some ideas uh, that I I look forward. I haven't actually talked to Hunter about it yet, but there's they've thrown out a few different ideas for episodes. Ooh. So I'm I'm excited. I think we've got a Space Kitty episode in the works right now that we might have out before too long. 
All right, cool. Um, well, uh, I am Hunter Donaldson. I'm a comedian and out of uh, Portland, Oregon. Um, and I just want to let you know uh, some dates that I got because I got a lot going on this November. Um, so every Thursday, you can see me co-host uh, a comedy show called Earthquake Hurricane, which is at Ford Food and Drink. That starts at 8 p.m. Um, on election day, well, today, the today, day that you're hearing yeah. this, um, I will be at a show called Results May Vary, um, which is an election day comedy show uh, at Kelly's Olympia. And that starts at 5 p.m. Um, go out, vote, and then, you know, watch us joke about uh, voting and stuff and uh, politics. Or or don't. It just depends. Um, it depends on how the night goes. Right. Uh, <laughs> for you. And, you know, and however you think, however you feel. If it's it's going to go, you know what? It's going to go one way for some people and one way <laughs> for other people. Well, the, based on how things look, it's going to go one way for both people. Side, oh, that's true. Depending yeah, on every, which thing you're looking at. That's that's it's gonna be a fun, just a little side note, a little fun election note. This one's gonna have <laughs> a little something for everybody. Um, uh, so November seventh, uh, I'm gonna be a guest on a podcast called "Did We Solve It?" Uh, that is at Kickstand Comedy Theater. It starts at 9 p.m. That's a super cool show that I do, uh, or well, that that my friend uh, Jake. Uh, Shane Brendan and uh, Naraj Srinivasan do about race and uh, it's going to be really uh, saucy and fun and then uh, you can check out a show I produce uh, called Comedy Bender and that will be on November 10th uh, starting at noon at the Lamp. that's like the brunch comedy show that I've been doing for a while and uh, you know I always like to say uh, come out and I will get you a mimosa and we can actually, this is what's cool about comedy bender is like, we can actually hang. If you come out, like we can, we can talk and actually get some time. Some of these other shows, it's like, I'm, I'm just there In as a guest. So fast. it's like kind of, yeah. yeah, it's, it just, I don't really even know what my night's going to look like, but comedy bender, I run the show. So I'm going to be there from start to finish. So, uh, that's great. And that, that'll, that'll do me. That'll do me for this one. Great. Well, I want to thank some Space Kitties. I want to thank Jim Boff, Jada Paik, and Dustin Doom. And I also want to thank the players that we are about to play a game with. Hopefully we're about to play a game with Kraken, Yin for Life, and Mike. So thank you all. Uh, I'm sure we had a great game. Hunter, do you want to read the play of the week? Yeah, yeah. Uh, This play of the week is from Falcone. Um, This is, uh, so it's round three, and there is an agenda phase. So the first agenda is a fairly innocuous one. The uh, extra player to the left of the speaker, uses all of their votes to elect themselves minister of something, everyone else abstains, that kind of deal. Um, So extras use all their votes. The second agenda is public execution, that spicy, lovely agenda um, that reads this way. Elect player. Elect player discards all action cards, passes the speaker token to their left if they have it, and can't vote on future agendas this agenda phase. So this is a crazy situation that happened Isarl was the speaker, so you know how that turns out. Right. Um, and Isarl is in the lead with five victory points and has 10-plus action cards. So obviously, they're going to pick Isarl. Necro goes ahead and predicts that Isarl will be executed so that, so that Necro can get some tech. Jolnar uses Leadership Rider, uh, making the exact same prediction. Isarl doesn't have that many votes um, and sees what's going on. So, they, so Isarl throws down Imperial, Tech, and Politics Rider, all of them predicting their own demise. So at this point, the only players left with any votes are Arborek with about six, and um, Falcone, our Play of the Week uh, sender inner, um, who's playing as Yin, and uh, they have 18. So obviously... Uh, he has Balls no in court, <laughs> right? It's it's completely it's completely in situation, um, and they have no intention of giving Isarl all of their riders, especially the victory points. So that would be silly. So <laughs> they basically asked everyone for a bribe to not be executed, which is just delicious. so <laughs> delicious. It's like the well, it's such a little cupcake. Um, he got Jolnar's research agreement, Extra's racial promissory note, Arborex ceasefire. Um, and in the end, uh, chose to execute Necro, therefore denying all of the riders and the Necro um, tech prediction. And that, what a, what, so much fun. That's great. I love it because so often the agenda phase turns into this thing of like, all right, so who wants this? Who's going to pay me? And everyone's like, no, I'm not going to, no, it doesn't matter. And it's not right. a big deal. Or or if it's the opposite, it's like, who doesn't want this as a target? It's kind of just like, well, I don't have enough to pay you. With. But this is like, no, I cannot lose all my action cards. I right. cannot lose. All, like, it's just too much. It's so delicious that they get to just be like, essentially for one vote or for at most 
seven votes just completely decide everything here. Actually, no, it's the second agenda. So it doesn't matter. They have all 18. Right, right. And yeah, it's just like, yeah, you in this in this rare situation, you all have to pay me. You have to pay me. Yeah, that that's so that's so juicy. I love honestly, I've kind of come around on writers lately. Like I remember we yeah. had this game recently where uh, a really innocuous agenda came out and we played every single writer on that. Do you remember this? Yeah, yes. And we yes. just like well, no, completely... it was seven. It was seven writers on right. one agenda. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I love it. I, I they're they are when when it's the right agenda and people are playing them correctly, yeah. agendas or writers are so much fun. Yeah, I agree. Well that's gonna do it for us. Uh, I'm just so excited to get this tournament kicked off and to start seeing how things shake out with our predictions, but also just how everyone decides to play in this kind of specific rule set we've outlined uh so i i I don't know i cannot wait it's still going to be some time before we get it all set up but i am going to be just like shaking in my britches every day until that point what's uh so the (laughs) this is weird because i actually realize i i don't know this and we're at the very end of the episode but uh (laughs) what the the cutoff will have already happened like by the time this comes out yeah well so the the cutoff for the patreon is done that that was last week right right the cutoff to get your submission is, I, th- I think we decided we were going to give them like another week, right? So like right, up until next week's episode is sort of the idea. Perfect. Right? So perfect. this is, this is today is the sixth that this episode came out. So by the end of the 12th is when we're going to shut down the, the, the submission form. Google form, you know, that, that will be done and I will f- run the tally of everybody who's in it and that will be the final count. Ooh, so, ooh, 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 last, last minute thing. I just, I just thought of this. Would this be a great idea? Okay. Um, can we put out a poll uh, of every, every faction and just have people say, who do you think is going to do the best of the tournament? Yeah, I'll do that. I'll set that yeah, up. We'll, that we'll, sounds and great. We'll, we'll talk about that next week. In the yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, wow. All right, this is weird into this I'm excited episode. <laughs> for the way the, the show is going to change while the tournament's going on, because it's going to be a lot of this kind of stuff, like very reactionary, just like, right. oh, let's talk about these like specific right. games and these specific yeah. moments. Yeah. And, yeah. I can't wait. Well, we should go, Matt. <laughs> uh, we should go. We're starting we're a game having in like, like six minutes. Yeah, we're starting a game, but we're having like post-episode talk in the episode. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>